It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. Tyrod Taylor in the shotgun. Third and nine. Taylor calling for the football. Gets the snap. Back he goes. He pumps. And he's sacked! He's sacked! Fletcher Cox dumps him back at the 22. There's something in your heart. And this in your Oh, what's going on? It is episode number 239 of the BGN Radio podcast right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com and wherever you are listening out there on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn. We thank you so much for subscribing. You know, if you could just rate, review, uh, and leave us a, a little bit of a five-star rating would uh, go a, a very long way. Helps us get out to the masses there. Also, if you are thinking about it, and I know some have uh, joined on for all of the extra content, including behind-the-scenes footage and pictures and audio of this particular episode, uh, you can do so by uh, subscribing to our Patreon, patreon.com slash BGN radio. You you can be a producer. You can even have tiers where it goes all the way up, and you can be a part of the podcast during the season as uh, there are... Those spots are filling up pretty quick, so, you know, jump on it, get out there. Also, as uh, a brand new as well to the BGN Radio store, if you go to bgnradio.com and just click on the store, uh, as I was yelling, what's going on, those T-shirts are now available. What's going on with the BGN Radio logo? Uh, Now, uh, thanks to our friends over at TeePublic for that as well, with our hot-selling, number-one seller, Philly Blunt T-shirts and everything else. So it's totally customizable. You can pick a, a variety of different colors for your T-shirts, phone cases, onesies, stickers. It's all there at the BGN Radio Store. BLG, what is happening, my friend? How are you? Uh, I was trying to think of something funny or interesting to say, John and Jack, but I did not think of anything. And <laughs> yeah, that's it. and uh, leaving us, uh, leaving us with the best fireworks uh, uh, of all time. Uh, Mr. Jack Fritz, what's the, going on, buddy? The best fireworks That's of all right. time. That's right. I mean, coming out of that, I meant Segway. Segway, fireworks, Segway, radio talk here, buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm very new to the radio talk thing. <laughs> um, it, 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 don't let him know that it's completely made up, too, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the, the college kids that are buying the Philly Blunt t-shirts, thank yes. you for that. You're, yes, thank They're you. They're probably like thinking to themselves, yeah, brother, man, like <laughs> these Philly Blunt shirts, bro, go Eagles, man. I don't know. My brother's 40. He bought one. So, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to listen, re-listen college there. days, John. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody's trying to reminisce and, and do a <laughs> lot of things there. And we are going to go heavy on the OTAs once again. And, and uh, you know, I, then answer your questions as well, because you have a lot of good questions that uh, you've chimed in uh, here today. BLG, let's start with uh, our, our fearless leader, Mr. Carson Wentz. And, and you and I, and you and I, rather, have both noticed that, look, Carson said uh, uh, kind of an up and down camp so far, at least <laughs> at least for the two days that we've uh, had media access to go and check this thing out. Is is it is it time to be a little bit concerned about the inconsistencies at camp or is this much to do about nothing? It's May, obviously. Um, it's OTAs. I don't want to make too much of this. I have to say that before I get into everything because, you know, you can only make so much out of this. And I think there was a really – uh, strong point by Jim Schwartz, as you might have heard, John, in the press conference before practice. Uh, Jim Schwartz kind of talked about how, not specifically Carson Wentz, but I guess some of his players, how this is a time of year where 
they work on things with development. You know, it's, they're not always necessarily doing the things they would do in the regular season completely because it's still so far removed. They're trying to work on their game, trying to test out new things. Jim Schwartz kind of compared it to a pitcher uh, pitching knuckleballs when he usually didn't pitch like that, and he had like a, a 10.0 ERA uh, in spring training. Yeah, and actually and, the the full quote is about Jim Palmer because Jack yes. Sherry's a baseball guy, yes. so he goes, I'm a big baseball fan. I remember when Jim uh, Palmer was talking about spring training, he would have a 10 ERA just like BLG was saying in spring training. Mm-hmm. And I heard him speak about a banquet, and he was like, well, I was just there throwing curveballs and change-ups. I wanted to work on those pitches. And this is this is pretty much what OTAs is all about here, BLG. Yeah, so I think maybe that's the case. If not, uh, it's kind of concerning. You know, We've seen some of the same accuracy issues that we saw last year. Carson Wentz kind of just sailing throws. I think uh, in credit to ESP from NJ.com on this, I think he charted uh, went says like two in the, for 11 in the red zone and and it was noticeable he kept throwing passes that were just too high and the receivers didn't even have a chance now it was raining on Tuesday so I don't know if that factored in uh, we can always go back to remember that scene from the combine uh, when Carson Wentz was getting drafted and Pep Hamilton like squirted water on the ball and I guess that's when the Browns were out and drafting him oh, yeah, he, that's he right. couldn't handle the wet ball or something but uh uh, I'm, I, I don't want to make too much of it here. And there have been some good throws. So I can't just be like, oh, man, Carson Wentz sucks. Like, there's been some really nice touch passes that he had. But uh, you kind of just think you would want to see a little more consistency at this point. Yeah, and there was uh, – I would say his best ball is uh, – that I saw was, again, against the – they were doing some drill. It was three linebackers and two safeties versus two running backs in the tight end. During those times, and they were all goal line drills, he was zipping them in there and doing a lot of good things. So, again, it could be the rain. It could be a lot of different things. Yeah, and last week you guys mentioned that you know in the regular drills he didn't look consistent at all. He kind of looked average. But then during the 11-on-11s, he looked like a much different quarterback once it was kind of game speed. Did you guys see that at all, or was it still the same inconsistencies? Or did you, you know? Well, that, I think BLJ will let you take that because that's part of your he's a, he's a gamer theory. Yeah, that's, that's my theory that Carson's kind of a gamer. Uh, I think he kind of steps it up when the tempo is on and the pressure is on. I don't know if that's just like an anecdotal observation or me trying to talk myself into Carson Wentz or something there. But I, I it'll, be it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. But I do. I think he he just seems like that kind of guy. You know, he kind of gets jacked up when the when the pressure is on and everything. I can think that kind of elevates his game. Like look at the Ravens game last year. You know, like that's what I kind of point to. You know, when the pressure was on and he wasn't playing too great in that game. He kind of stepped up at the end there. I think we've seen quarterbacks in the NFL play like that. You know, you look at Big Ben, and and sometimes he has an ugly game, but then he steps up in the last two minutes or whatever. So I think there are quarterbacks like that. I think um, with Carson specifically, uh, your question, Jack, um, with the with the red zone drills this week, um, I guess it didn't really make a difference going live because those passes were still sailing high, but. Um, yeah, I mean that <laughs> that's the thing. Like they're just they're sailing high and they're not close and it's a, it's at least a little bit concerning. Yeah, I would say for now it's something to keep an eye on and again, just like Schwartz had, had reiterated, maybe they're just maybe he's working on a certain thing and maybe he doesn't care how, you know, how much is his ball sail uh even though uh, we're all freaking out about it. But uh one thing that I did notice uh, immediately it was made my made my top on the uh, observation list on bgnradio.com. Zul Douglas looked Really, really, really good, with the exception of Alshon Jeffrey basically taking him to school for about two or three plays and and dominating him. Uh, it, it is everything that, you know, again, for the second week in a row, everything you saw on film. So using the sideline very properly against guys like uh, Aguilar and Torrey Smith. And, and you know, the, the arm bar stuff is all there. I mean, BLG, he was kind of all over the place. Uh, and he was, around, he was around the balls. He was... Smacking him away, a couple, uh, couple of would-be interceptions and things like that, at least from what I saw. What did you make of Razul Douglas? I think the thing that's important to remember with Douglas is that uh, part of the reason I believe he's getting some of these first-team looks on the outside is the absence of Ron Brooks. Now, I'm not saying Douglas is bad. I just think that if, if Brooks was healthy, the Eagles would kind of have him in the slot right now. Doug kind of said as much on WIP last week before the first OTA practice. Um, and I think you had a Mills and then Robinson on the outside as your starting corners. Now, with that said, I think, you know, uh, um, Douglas clearly has a chance to come in here and, and earn playing time. He's a guy who makes plays on the ball. Obviously, the Eagles drafted him in the third round, so they see him as a starter. I just don't think it's necessarily going to be the situation where, you know, they just throw him in automatically. I think it's going to be a, a spot where he's going to have to earn it, and so far, he's playing well. How excited should we be? Like, is it? Is it, it's not just it's not just OTA hype. Like, does he, he looks like a legit... 
he could come in and start right away. Like, like Jalen Mills last year, I remember, was getting all the hype during training camp. Does it yeah. look different and better than that, or is it very similar to Jalen Mills last year? I think it's. I think it looks different. And well, I don't know. I wasn't there last year, BLG, so I don't. I don't really know what to compare it against when uh, seeing it on site. But I would say that because somewhere. because their because their skill sets to me are different, it, I, it would be different. But is it is it the same type of hype for you? I think it's a little similar because uh, I think especially more so they excel in that underneath passing game. Uh, break up a lot of shorter passes. That's where Mills really does his. At, he's at his best, and not so much at his best when it comes to the the long speed. Uh, Jalen Mills getting burned by Nelson Aguilar in practice this week. And by the way, that Twice, was a really good by throw the by Wentz. Yeah, it was on on that deep pass. So, um, um, but yeah. So I, I don't think Douglas has gotten beat a ton, which is deep at least, which is nice. And I, I know uh, obviously Alshon, and we have to get to that play. I mean, that was awesome, man. <laughs> uh, Alshon freaking gets this jump ball in the end zone after Wentz throws it in and he just goes up there he gets it he has those huge hands he brings it down they both players go to the ground Douglas had really good coverage you know no no uh no shame for the rookie here but man Alshon just gets up he stares Russell Douglas down and he just spikes the ball as hard as he can and probably yelled something at him too it was awesome yeah, that moment on Twitter was electric because every every Eagles beat writer said the same thing. It was like, oh my god, like he just beasted him, and I'm pretty sure like Teron was barking. He had like that dog in him. Teron was <laughs> Teron was breaking that up. Was it was it Iverson over Ty Lue esque? Oh, that- no, it was it was worse. Honestly, like <laughs> it was he, more disrespectful. Yeah. He he. he the, the thing I love, and we all know that Jeffrey's a great skill player. Like he's good. We know that he's got the physicality to do all those different things. I love his mentality more. Like he is, he feels disrespected if you're around his football. Like that's his. And if you're even trying to remotely like take it away from him, he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" It was that type of moment. Isn't that where, exactly what you want? Yeah, and that's what's been missing here for a very, Since very T.O. long, long time. Like that is my fucking ball. Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. And hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that. that mentality is being instilled in Nelson because Nelson put up that Instagram post about like imitating other humans, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So if he has that mentality, I mean, we, we, you talked about it last week. Nelson has all the physical traits. It's it's all there. That's what he just needs to be able to, you know. Have Al, the Alshon's the, the perfect ball. guy to learn from. Yes, he is. So is Tory, honestly, too, because he's got that same type of uh, thing in him as confidence. well. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's confidence. F- it's just like, yeah, man, we're this is our job. Like it's like it's a it's a it's a foregone conclusion. Which again is a weird thing to say when you're dealing with the NFL as a whole. Because like, well, yeah, of course they're wide receivers. They're supposed to do that. And I noted this too. I don't know if it is, okay, this is, I've been starving forever. I've been starving for months, and now it's now there's this Ritz cracker that's in front of me, and it's fucking delicious, because I haven't seen a Ritz cracker in months. It could be that. There's, there's, Are Ritz crackers delicious? <laughs> yes, of course. If After months of being starved, it's, it's going to taste like caviar. Like, it's going to taste amazing. So I don't know if that's playing into it at all, but I'm glad that they're here, and I, I still don't understand people's perspective mostly from the fantasy side again where you know he's not going to see a volume amount of catches in this offense like if he's doing that and if he's going to be that red zone guy that's there for us blg uh i i mean i i I still don't know how he's going to be under a thousand i don't i don't i have no clue how that's even remotely possible at this point unless it's i love i don't know if you saw it but um uh, PFF released that chart of like uh, the routes that both Carson Wentz had success throwing and uh, the ones that Ashawn Jeffrey had success running. And shame on you guys if you did not see this because it's on, it's on the front page of BTN right now. Wow. But, um, How dare I? Uh, it almost matches up perfectly, which is like really funny. It's like this is almost like an exact match. Uh, Carson Wentz and Alshon are both really good at slants, which, by the way, Josh Norman, who was talking, not like talking like super trash last week, he, he didn't like uh, go, to, he, he kind of just said he's looking forward to facing Alshon. He didn't say anything, uh, he didn't do any name calling like he did with uh, Odell Beckham and, and Des Bryant, but still, uh, you just have those gifts of Alshon killing Josh Norman on slants all day, and I'm <laughs> yes. sure we're going to see that a lot this season. And uh, comebacks and hitches, too, were, and even crossing routes were really big. For both of those guys last year, and keep in mind, obviously, you know, uh, you, you might look at those go route numbers are down, but you know, 
Bears quarterback situation, not so great. Eagles wide receiver situation, not so great. But I just think it's funny how those two guys are like a really good match for each other. And, and that's something even Matt Bowen said on at ESPN. He wrote, he wrote like a whole film study on that. And that was like back in February before we even thought the Alshon thing was possible. So I really just think they're the perfect fit for each other. More so, especially just uh, Alshon being able to help out when someone who's reliable. You know, I was thinking about it today because I saw some hype about like Terrell Pryor and everything. And I know, I know, John. I believe you like Terrell Pryor a lot. I know James likes Terrell mm-hmm. Pryor a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure Jack's stance on Terrell Pryor, but um, I think he's good. Uh, he's good. But like the thing was, you needed someone reliable. And you know, with all due respect to Terrell Pryor, is very talented. I just think you know, like Alshon's a proven guy. You know, there's concerns of the injury and all that, but like he's done it before. You know, Pryor had one good year. Like, I want to get a guy in here who we know for sure is a sure thing, and I think that's exactly what you got in Alshon Jeffrey. You know what theory I'm buying into that I that I'm, I'm starting to believe more and more with this Alshon and Torrey Smith thing is that there's there's grown men in the room leading the wide receiver group. You know the last yeah. the last two seasons it was Jordan Matthews who's a great leader I get it but he's also 24 25 trying to be the number one as a slot receiver so it's like he can't really lead by example when he's dropping big balls in big situations. Now you have Alshon Torrey Smith who've been here before they're professionals. Uh, and I just think the whole room as a whole, with, with Mike Grow obviously rather than Greg Lewis, it's just it's just it's just grown so much in the last year to where these guys like Nelson and Jordan, the the pressure is pretty much off them, and I think when the pressure is off of them, they're gonna thrive even more just because of all the weight that Alshon can have on his shoulders and the, the weight that he probably wants on his shoulders. Yeah, and and I uh, this might come to bite me back in in the ass in October, but yes, feed me. I, I'm I'm buying <laughs> I'm buying into it too as far as that goes. Like I just. I don't know. I just noticed that everybody's walking a little bit taller. You know, the, the Bryce Treggs, I would even say, is doing some of that. Like, I haven't heard his name oh since, since yeah. the Giants game yeah, last year. Yeah. And not in the sense like, oh, he's going to be a huge gamer, come on, come, you know, whatever. But just in practices alone, like, there is definitely, there's a nice, healthy competition that I think is raising everybody's game. And, in and you know, we, we even saw it a little bit. And this is, this is the other thing that I'm semi-excited about. I just want to see it in pads, really. BLG, I want to see Nelson Aguilar in the slot because Jordan Matthews is was still kind of nursing his, his high ankle sprain uh, injury from last year, which tells you how much that's still uh, bothering him. I thought that was kind of interesting that he was still taking it easy here. So with that became that opportunity where you had Alshon Jeffrey on one side, Torrey Smith on the other, Nelson Aguilar in the slot. And I, what would you make of that? Like I, I am, I know we talked about it a little bit, but I'm, I'm loving that setup. If that Nelson Aguilar finally comes out. It's amazing how much we've changed our opinion, by the way. On on uh, Other than Tehran and I, who still had some, like, a uh, little glimmer of optimism coming into this. Uh, I, you know, I, I really do think Nelson Aguilar could f- thrive in the slot and also in that kind of setup there, BLG. Well, I'm not going to go that far just yet. I'm still going to I'm still going to be the the poo-poo man when it comes uh, to, to, or at least Catch the poo-pooer <laughs> of, of the, Nelson Aguilar. The poo-poo Aguilar. man? The poo-poo man. I don't know where I was going with that. I, I'm, I'm going to poo-poo the Nelson Aguilar idea. Um, uh, geez. Uh, yeah, I, I just think it's kind of, you know, Jimmy Kemsky had a good article about that, how it's kind of a little unrealistic to expect him to suddenly just be good. And I think that's the case. I think if if anything, we're kind of getting a fourth well, I'm wide just, receiver. I'm just saying okay. I'm not saying good. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, good. Yeah. And, 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 well, and the slot thing is interesting because, man, I just – I don't know if Jordan Matthews is going to get traded. I still, I'm not ruling it out in my head. It almost feels like it just, to me, it almost just makes too much sense. And we were talking about this on the radio on the WIP show last Saturday. So go listen to that if you want more of that. But I just feel like, I just feel like, you know, you're just better off without Jordan Matthews. Not in the sense of he's a bad player or anything and and getting rid of him doesn't matter. I just think like it would be nice to have Nelson on the inside. Uh, you have your outside guys. I don't think they're going to pay Jordan anyway. So, like, why not just move on and get something for him now when you can and kind of let everything else play out. Um, I think the whole wide receiver picture as a whole has been pretty encouraging so far. You know, we talked about Alshon. Um, I haven't really noticed a ton out of Torrey either way. I think, I think he had a couple okay catches. You know, uh, no big mistakes, which is good. And then Mac Hollins, John's favorite wide receiver, All who famer. actually actually like might be John's favorite wide receiver. It's now. true. Yeah, uh, it's true. Also looking good. <laughs> Do you remember me and you like texting about him when Carson was supposedly working out wide receivers? Yes. And we were both like, who the, who the fuck's like, Mac Collins? Why, why would you do? Yeah. Uh, no, the first thing I said, why would you do that? Yeah. And then. <laughs> 
was just like, it just, I was like, all right, it's kind of better than the Cooper Cup and Chad Hansen, but it was like, still really weird. It's not a great selection yeah, and, of wide receivers to choose from. And then they picked him in the fourth round, and we're like, all right, so he's a good special special teams player, and now he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, exactly. I do like that he doesn't wear gloves. There's there's yes. a couple others that are not wearing gloves, but it's very Mark Grace-ish, uh, and, and I enjoy that very much. There's not a lot of guys that, you know, bat without batting gloves in baseball, and Mark Grace was one of those dudes that always did that. And I, I like the fact that it's not I, it's not just him either. I think Nelson and a couple of other dudes are joining in in it too, but it, it's harder to catch it with just your bare hands, right? So In theory, in it, theory it makes perfect sense. It's just like with golf. You, you putt into a smaller hole because then it makes putting into a bigger hole easier. Um, with baseball, you field with a smaller glove so that fielding with a bigger glove is easier. It's it's it should work. And I'm not saying the Eagles are not gonna they're gonna drop they're not gonna drop every ball next season. But I feel the two things I feel. <laughs> I mean, I think you tweeted something. I know. Similar. <laughs> the two things this is gonna this is gonna sound severely hot takey. The two <laughs> things I'm severely that I'm very confident in right now is that the drops will not be a problem next year. Oof. And I'm buying into the cornerbacks. Oh my god! Oh man, it's too much. It's too much at once. I know that fixes I know. literally everything in one in one in two things. I just I just I mean it's 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 OTAs, but I believe in this stuff right now. Yeah, I I, I think uh, I feel like the drops will be better. That's that I know for sure. Well, one because there's two different wide receivers that will probably carry the load. Uh, I, just, I just don't I don't think you're going to notice them as much as we did last yeah. year. Yeah, no, I I agree with that, and I think and, and when you talk about Jordan Matthews here at BLG. Matt Collins is the first guy I kind of think of as, okay, that's his replacement. You know, because that's – I mean, it is it is a very similar s- skill set, and unfortunately for Jordan Matthews, Matt Collins can actually play outside as well. So uh, I, I think that that's kind of – that that might be an interesting conversation as the year goes on. And, and I don't that, – that's the thing that's kind of still up in the air where – Man, if he's going to be a role player, and then you have all these different guys, and they're going to they end up what? Like, there's no way they keep seven wide receivers, and I still think no. it's probably down to Torrey Smith and and Nelson Aguilar, and maybe Gibson too. I think Gibson might might end up being a practice squad guy at, at, at depending on what happens in pads here. But do you think Mac Hollins is is uh, is Jordan Matthews' replacement if they decide to go that way? Um, I'm not sure. I I need to pay more attention to this. I don't know if we, I've been really noticing him line up in the slot as much. I don't think I have. I think he's kind of. I think they he's primarily they on the outside. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Um. Um. So, so there's that, and I do think they keep six. I think the only uh, determination if they keep five is if Matthews is on the team or not. So if, basically, if he gets traded, because you know, Alshon, I'm pretty sure Tory Smith is a lock. I've talked about this before. Um. Not comparable to Chris Givens and Ruben Randall. Just not the same situation at all. I think people have kind of mentioned that. It's just not, you know, Torrey's much of a better locker room guy. And he's just a better player. Look look back at his Ravens career. I mean, he was a productive player. I know he's had some struggles in San Francisco, but this isn't just like, you know, Chris Givens, who basically did like nothing ever. Maybe he had like one <laughs> decent season. And then Ruben Randall, who was kind of just always an underperformer every single season and just didn't even give acceptable effort ever. So it's a really different situation to me. So I think, you know, Alshon... Tory makes it. Um, Matt Collins is not. Not only is Matt Collins going to make it, but just because he can play special teams, that's huge. That makes him active on game day, guaranteed. So he's going to be a factor uh, to some extent. And then with Gibson, I'm not so sure. I think he makes the team. I just don't think he's active. I think yeah. You know, we've seen some struggles in OTAs with drops, things like that. Um, I just don't think he's there yet. I think everyone is very enticed by the speed, and he can return kicks. You know, he has that speed, so maybe that's how he sneaks onto the game day roster there. But, you know, there's, there's still Wendell Smallwood. Um, the Eagles could go maybe with Pumphrey as a kick returner. There's different options there. It might not necessarily be Gibson right away. So um, I think the wide receiver picture is surprisingly, to some extent, like just much better than last year. And now, of course, as I say that, it'll be a disaster because hmm. <laughs> uh, that's how things work. Yeah, see, I think I think Nelson is Jordan Matthews' replacement just because of the slot thing, and really, I think the slot is perfect for for Nelson because he's at at the times he's shown flashes as an eagle. It's when the ball's been in his hands. It's not being the deep threat, take the top of the defense that they try to make him into last year. And I think Matt Collins and Sheldon Gibson are going to be more of the Tory Smith yeah, the replacement. outside guys. That makes sense because Tory Smith. I mean, he's on the what the it's it's two years right, but it's really one year with 500k, and then it makes it really easy to cut. So then you have you have Sheldon Gibson developing as a deep threat. And you have Matt Collins developing the deep threat, and then that kind of makes Torrey Smith, uh, you know, expendable, expendable at that point. Yeah, year. and yeah, I could totally, I could see that if there is success with 
with Nelson Aguilar. And again, that's that's still kind of a, a so early a, a big F. But it's exciting. I don't know. You know, you just start to see all these different things. You start to get excited about all those different kind of options at wide receiver. And that's kind of what the reason why I brought up the Nelson Aguilar thing in, uh, to begin with is one, those are three different skill sets around the field all at once. And that's what Joe Douglas's philosophy was from the beginning of the draft process. It's like you don't really want to have two two of the same guys on the, you know, that have the similar skill sets on the field and all that stuff. So kind of accomplishes uh, a little bit of all that. But BLG, speaking of that too, I mean, it's a little easier on the defensive side of the ball when – you're talking about the guys that cover uh, these dudes in practice here. It's how is this CB depth chart going to end up falling out here? Because I, I think one, I think we should all be concerned if Rasul Douglas does not beat out Robinson. I think that, either way, if it's you know, I, I, I'm still on the side of throw the kid in there and let him make mistakes and just let him get comfortable with what he's doing. Because in my mind, if he's not a day one starter, despite all the things that are happening here. I think I'm going to be a little bit disappointed, but regardless of that, you know, what how do you see this this uh, the depth kind of falling out here? I'm okay with them being patient at cornerback. I don't think it's I, I think cornerback and more and maybe this is just a common trope, but I just think that cornerback can kind of take some time for these guys. I don't want to see Douglas forced in unless he really steps up and earn it. That's always my thing with any of the young guys. I don't I just don't like the mentality of being like, "All right, well you're younger, so you're going to play." I just think that could could lead to a young guy kind of being like, all right, I'm just going to get a free spot then. Like, I don't I don't like that mentality at all. And I think the Eagles kind of like Robinson a little bit, not as this long-term answer, but uh, Jim Swartz had even talked about how I think they felt like he had a really good year in San Diego when they were evaluating him. And, and mm-hmm. there was talk that they wanted to bring him in last offseason. I think he ended up signing with the Colts instead. So they, they've had some previous interest in him. Um, I feel like he would be more ideal in the slot. Uh, if you could, if you could have Douglas start on the outside, and then instead of Ron Brooks on the slot on the inside, maybe you can cut him, uh, and then put Robinson on the inside, and then have uh, Jalen Mills on the other position on the outside, or or get some kind of rotation going there. But after those three guys, you know, it's kind of unclear. Maybe Brooks is in there somewhere. Uh, C.J. Smith has been looking good, and that's a guy who really stood out to me last year at this time in OTAs. And then training camp, and obviously he made the practice squad and was promoted to the roster at one point. So I'm interested to see if C.J. Smith can kind of be that fourth corner or or step up here. And then Aaron Grimes had a pick on our old friend Nick Foles. And that was was a really good play by him, too. Really clean. So uh, he's in the mix, and and he was having a really good preseason until he got hurt last year. So I'm kind of interested to see if he's anything. And then sticking with the Canadian Football League here, uh, Mitchell White kind of random name out of nowhere here. I think he signed like a futures contract at the end of the season. He had a f- few pass breakups on Tuesday. Um, he broke down like a, uh, he leaped up high to break down a pass, uh, a Wentz fade pass to Torrey Smith. So he showed some things. Um, the Eagles have some kind of interesting options at, at depth here. Um, it's it's not like the greatest players. I know a lot of people still want the Eagles to, to sign a cornerback. And Jim Schwartz even talked about the cornerback position a little bit. Uh, on Tuesday, or actually quite a bit, and kind of, and not so many words wouldn't. Well, he surely wouldn't say it was an upgraded <laughs> position. You know, he, he yeah. didn't go out and like, oh yeah, you know, we got all these corners and and we're fine, everything's going to be great. He kind of like kind of dodged uh, the question on that one. Yeah, and and uh, oddly enough, yeah, well, shoot, that just reminded me. Nobody asked him about the Kendrick's role moving forward too, but hopefully we can get to talk to talk to him again. Everyone forgot about him. Yeah, no, <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> semi easy to do at this point. But uh, yeah, and he's also I noticed that he's a little he was pretty self aware too. That's what I like about Jim Schwartz. Like he knows he knows what we're thinking. He knows what everything else is going on, and he kind of knows what what's working and what's not. There's no there. I mean, every coach has ego, and I'm and I'm sure he's got it by the buttload. But at the same time, like he knows what to fix. He knows what's wrong. He's also not he's also not coached up like Doug is by the PR yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. He just kind of he, well, he's a natural talker, yeah, so yeah, it just kind of. Let, uh, lets it fly out there. But the one thing that he got me uh, most excited about was just him describing, you know, the defensive line and then just kind of seeing it up in, up close in person here was the fact that, I mean, I got to tell you again, Derek Barnett, despite rookie mistakes, despite some of the little hitches that he's got going, he's going to be a really good football player, fam. Like, it is, it is awesome to see the rotation of him and Chris Long and Brandon Graham just all in the same field. So if Vinnie Curry actually – for the you know fifth year in a row, as we're begging and asking, finally turns that corner and gives us something. They're going to fuck up people up 
real bad. Fuck up people up real bad. That's how it's. Is that going on a t-shirt? <laughs> Fuck up people up real bad. Yeah, put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, put that on a t-shirt. So, uh, I mean, to to finally see Chris Long live, and I think to see these guys, you know, just coming in and out of this rotation. And speaking of that defensive line as well, is that I, I'm I'm I really like the uh, defensive line coach. I know we've talked about him a couple of times on the podcast already, but Chris Wilson really fires everybody up that's out on the field there. Like he was. <laughs> He went into Dusty Vallejo at one point. He's just like, you know, he fell down uh, trying to get to the quarterback. He's like, if you don't stand your feet, I'll go with three. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, he's, just, he's just in there. He is a motor for like all every five seconds just yelling at dudes, to you know, whether it is, whether it's motivation or criticism or anything. He is like the ultimate warrior of defensive line coaches, and it's a, it's quite a thing to see. That seems like all the coaches now. I mean, Mike Groh's out of that. Um, Corey Unlin seems like he's been there for a little while. Jim Schwartz even. I mean, is that is that what he's looking for? And Is that what Joe Douglas is here to do, is bring in these fiery coaches? Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes sense. You want these guys as, I mean, that's what they're supposed to do. I mean, honestly, we, we had this discussion, I think, with Rich Hoffman from the Philly Voice, where we're just, we're going back and forth. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, like, how, sure, there's technique and there's everything else, but at the end of the day, it's kill that guy. So how do you get motivated to kill that guy? It's just you you start yelling stuff. You go tell Brandon Graham, this is Michigan versus Ohio State. I need it now. And like, you know, and they're like, yeah, yes, I'll go go do that now. <laughs> so that's I, I don't know. That's a, that was a nice little bonus bonus factor with OTAs here, BLG. I, I really like Chris Wilson. Yeah, the, the there's a lot of attitude to this team, I think, as a whole. I think I don't know if someone brought this up on the WIP show or last week's podcast, but I think we kind of talked about it a little bit where it's not it's not just the coaching staff, um, it's some of the players. It's Alshon, LeGarrette Blunt, you know, obviously comes in here. He kind of has an attitude. Um, I think it's nice. I think it's good. I think the Eagles should play with a little swagger. I think uh, that's needed, especially in a tough division here. I want to see him play with that confidence. I want to see him get back to that. And here's the thing. If you're bringing in Doug Peterson and the appeal there, at least uh, what's being sold by you know Lurie and and the Eagles and all of that is emotional intelligence, and they're going to let the players express their personality, which wasn't so much of a uh, a thing with Chip. Obviously, the the their perception at least was they were more restricted, more restrictive rather on players with personality. You know, if if they're not going to be so restrictive, that's what, exactly what I want to see, and it's just fun, honestly, to to have all that and you see the NFL is uh you know going easier now on those those celebrations. I want to see this team have some personality, man. I want to see them not only get better and improve, but I want to see them, you know, have that confidence and go out there and and be the team to beat and play like the team to beat. So, I like what I've seen so far in that regard. So, I know nothing about positional coaches. You know, the only thing I ever hear about them. Neither do we. we have no, 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 no. But the only time I ever get excited about them is when I see them. You know how they. You know how people say, "Oh, it looks good in shorts." All I know about assistant coaches is how they sound mic'd up. How did How did Week Two Mike Gross sound? Was he Was he? Oh yeah, same thing. Well, and let's. Well, I, I hold on to that thought because we want to get into some questions, and I think there's a lot revolving around that, especially with one of the points that are <laughs> that our good friends are making out there. So let's go through. Uh, the gauntlet of awesome questions. We start with Mr. Tim Westcott. Uh, BLG, we'll start with you. Doesn't the CBA forbid teams from cutting players for missing voluntary OTAs? If so, wouldn't that make Marcus Smith's absence uh, harder to cut, M- harder to uh, make a cut with him because he's just missing that? Uh, I, I actually I actually don't know the answer to that question as far as CBAs. You can cut a player at any time, is to my knowledge, of BLG. Yeah, but I mean, I think the union, you know, there might be some pressure there if a situation like that happened, if there was um, some suspicion of that he was just cut for missing OTAs. And I think that explains why what's going on with the Marcus Smith thing. I think from his side, he's trying to skip so he gets cut. But the Eagles, they don't want to cut him right away because they don't want to cause some kind of uh, situation that stirs up stuff with the NFLPA. So I think we'll get... We'll see Marcus Smith get cut closer to training camp because there's a, a, a roster bonus I believe he has on the third day of training camp, mm-hmm. and the Eagles can save money and not have to pay that if they cut him before then. So I think he's going to be cut, but I just don't think it's going to be any time too soon. I think it's going to be once you know all the practices are over. I just want to get into the philosophy uh, or the, the the yeah the philosophy of of Marcus Smith. Do you think he actually thought to himself like I can't believe they took Derek Barnett? 
<laughs> it was it's, it's year three of Marcus Smith. It's the Bradford theory. It's I like, can't believe they drafted a quarterback. Like, do you think he was thinking that to himself? But, I mean, maybe. It's just like, oh man, they signed Chris Long. You drafted this new guy. I'm out of here, man. All this work for nothing. They don't believe in me. <laughs> uh, which, by the way, I mean, I don't want to make it because everybody's been talking about it for freaking two weeks. But like, it, <laughs> this is the thing that I, I, I never understand. Get mad at Fletcher Cox. He finally shows up. It's still a thing somehow. Marcus Smith not at camp. Legarrett Blunt not showing up because of a family family matter that was, you know, scheduled during OTAs. Darren Sproles same thing. Jason Peters hasn't showed up one day. Uh, Donnie Jones hasn't been there all camp. Uh, John Dernboss was there, but he wasn't doing anything. So like, what's what the fuck, guys? Like just. <laughs> They should all be there. Why, why? Why are we picking and choosing who exactly Not we're getting mad and choosing. at? I think they should all be. Oh there. yeah, Jack. Jack, by the way, was was very upset about the Fletcher. Cox I was thing. very upset. I'm not. I don't understand how I'm supposed to be happy. Am I supposed to be excited that my it's high OTAs plays? for Christ's sake? I understand it's OTAs. I'm not saying it's going to affect anything that has to do with the season at all. That's not my point. It was just a tad annoying, and that's all. That's all it, it was. was. Ta- it was a tad annoying that he wasn't there, so I could learn about what he was doing at camp. Just, just be there. Oh be there God. with your teammates. Can't Not that big of a deal. Just, just literally just be there. Jack's on the dark side, and uh, you can tweet him at James Zeltzer for <laughs> any complaints. Hey, me and him have the same view. <laughs> Going right there. And I've been well. working with the morning show for now a month, so my takes are a bit dis- okay. disjointed. They're, they're a little Angelo Cataldi'd <laughs> up, so that's that's very nice. All right. Uh, we'll stick with you on this, Jake. Yes. Ben Lindsay, on a scale of somewhat over to completely over, how over is the season given Wentz's struggles at OTA? It's over. I mean, should we even play the games? Yeah, pack it up. Well, I, what I'm most upset about is that Johnny Page did not break down the the Wentz mechanic. Yeah, what's up with that? We gave yeah. him good footage right? too. Right, unbelievable. He didn't it. I was very Man. disappointed. Ridiculous. We need to see that video because if not, then I don't know how to think about it. <laughs> By the way, uh, you can see uh, fun pictures in video now if you're on the Instagram. Uh, so right. just search us. It's BGN underscore. Radio, same thing on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. Uh, BLG, what is the worst sports radio verbal tick? Is it something like a quote, I get that, again, dot, 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 or from the jump or from jump street, et cetera? Which is your worst sports radio verbal tick this coming from uh, Sean Point? Excuse me. Fireworks. Fireworks? <laughs> I think I said fireworks once already. See? You did. See, yeah, even though even, I was confused. even though it's not a uh, not a verbal tick exactly here, uh, BLG will stick with uh, you on this one. How is Greg Ward transitioning to wide receiver? How is that going? That's coming from Brandon Longcox. <laughs> well, this is something we've talked about, John. Uh, not <laughs> to me. He just he looks so thin. Like he really just does not look like an NFL player to me. He's like Donnell Pumphrey is small, but like Greg Ward is just so thin. Like he just I don't see it with him, man. I think even even for being quarterback he just he looks way too skinny to me i mean i hope he for his sake you know i hope he has a good summer and and hopefully i think he just needs to put on more weight or something before i could see anything i just maybe practice squad at best i'm just not seeing it yeah and i I, he's got a look he's got a less than one percent chance to make this football team i actually think he's been making the transition very well Again, the only problem, just like BLG said, he's not six one. Was he rated higher than Carson Wentz in the in the, <laughs> I mean, in the prospect rankings? Actually, he, he's the best quarterback on the team. <laughs> yeah, Let's get Emory back in here. <laughs> get Vernon, Vernon Adams to come, to come in and battle <laughs> for a wide receiver. Let's find out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, uh, at what point this come from our good friend Bill Metz, uh, who does BSH Radio, or good friends at Broad Street Hockey? At what point does Taylor Hart replace Jason Peters? I don't know. Is he is he is he trans is he is he alive? Is he is yeah, he playing? He's the one that transitioned over is he from, alive? from I don't yeah, I didn't He's uh, the one that's been hurt every single year, right? That they, uh, not every single year. But pretty much it's it's him and uh who's it, Joe Walker. Yeah, and him and Joe Walker were always hurt for the, the two for the most Oregon part. uh the two Oregon white nice. linebackers. Yeah. <laughs> so I have no idea. Yeah, Bill, unfortunately don't have an answer. And by the way, you spelled uh you misspelled Matt Tobin, by the way. That's who's gonna replace from? Uh, Jason Peters from University of Iowa. Uh, from a good friend, Matt Gumbrecht here, BLG. Who gets cut first, DGB or Marcus Smith? Marcus Smith, easily, because the whole he's. I mean, he's not showing up at OTAs for as much as 
<laughs> DTP is having a horrible. Yeah, I'm I mean, gonna get into that in a second. Very, very bad. I, they were gonna. You need bodies at wide receiver. Like you're not gonna just cut a receiver. You need guys to fill reps anyway. So it doesn't matter how terrible he is. There's gonna be guys who eat up reps, and he knows the system. So they're gonna keep him around. Like that's just gonna happen. Marcus Smith. I think again, they're gonna cut him before training camp. Uh, I know that the the, the BLG is correct. It is the right answer. But if it was up to me. I would keep Marcus Smith and I would cut DGV fucking immediately. Like it is, it is mind blowing. And going back to what Jack was talking about with with Mike Grow and all that, I can't believe how many times already we've been there twice. I can't tell you how many times that I've heard the phrase DGB Dorel. Where are your eyes? Eyes up. What are you looking at? Why are you looking at the ground? Like constantly. Those are during flag drills. Those are during just like simple things to warm up. He's done. It's it. The experiment's over. There's no beam of light. There's nothing at the end of the tunnel. They lost the trade. It's over. Like it's it's gone. It was a nice. Uh, it was good a good day, sir. Good day, sir. You get nothing. Nothing. <laughs> it, it's over. Like he is terrible on slants, which he's supposed to be good at. Sloppy as shit. He's playing patty cake. He's doing all this different stuff. I'm done with him, Jack. But I was told that he's better than Tory Smith. So <laughs> I don't know if I agree with you. He's, no, it's just is it, how do you, how do you, better than Paul Turner? How's that sound? How do you how do you see the moves the Eagles made this offseason and then just come? He just doesn't want to compete. I don't want. I don't want to throw out the. He's afraid to compete, but he's afraid to compete. Like, he, or he, he just, just can't do he it. Just, like, I, he's one of those classic yeah. players. Like, if if you grow up, you know, playing sports, there's these guys that are so clearly talented, but they just don't give a shit, and that's what he is. Yeah, it's it's basically how I feel too, BLG. I mean, is that that's pretty accurate, right? Like, it's not it's not a competitiveness thing. You just can't do it. Stick a fork in him. He's done. Stick a fork. In and he's again the same stuff. Like, uh, who was again? C.J. Smith. Jump ball. Yeah, CJ Smith had a really good pass breakup, but at the same time, it was just terrible from DGB, who's just much taller and, it makes no sense. and should have made it a play in the ball. It's uh, so frustrating. <laughs> from uh, one of our producers of BGN Radio, Mr. Michael Ingramd, uh, I need a definitive answer from all the pros on this. Jack Fritz is a hot dog and sandwich. No, it's never no, been. We're a, not having this it's conversation. It's never been a sandwich. It always, it, it always has been a oh sandwich God, from the first day on. All right, forget it. Uh, speaking of Johnny Page, here he is again, BLG. Uh, excitement over the wide receiver group is justified, in my opinion. But if Alshon misses time, isn't it pretty awful again? I mean, it's not great. Uh, that, at that point, I guess, you know, Tory maybe is your number one, or, <laughs> or maybe a rejuvenated Jordan Aguilar is uh, suddenly stepping up, or, yeah. or Matt Collins is realizing his Hall of Fame potential in this rookie season. Yeah, it's not, it's not great. Is it better than last year? How, what do you guys think about that? Is it better than last year if they don't have Alshon? I think it's better than last year. 100%. Even uh, just with, I'll even very say, low bar. Even, even with, very low bar, you're correct. Even with Matt Collins, I think it is much <laughs> better even if, if Jeffrey isn't here. If it was just Matt Collins, it's an improvement. Yeah, and Jeffrey just allows them all to settle into a role. Which is so much easier than you know if he went out, then then everyone has to take another step forward. I'm not sure Matt Collins is ready to take a step forward. I'm not sure Nelson Aguilar is ready to take a step yeah. forward. I think they're all comfortable in their roles right now, and that's what Alshon has all his weight on his shoulders, and he's so important. Yeah, it's um, it definitely is going to get a lot worse. And again, it depends on <laughs> our old friend Zach Ertz. Depends on a lot of other different stuff. If there's comfortable weapons that are already established there, but yeah, it would definitely affect the touchdown. I saw they gave uh, Trey Burton a real tight end number. Yeah, they That's did. Cute. That's I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the 88. <laughs> I like the, what was he, 47? He was 47. I like the I like, 47. It was good That's like him. a fullback number. The, yeah. the 88 is not a fullback number. 88 is a wide receiver number. Yeah, well, which, which he basically is. Kind of. Yeah, he's, again, he's he that to weird be bigger. Hype. 88 has to be in a big player, I feel yeah. like. He's too small. He needs to be a dude that's like 6'5". And, uh, yeah. It needs to be DGB's number if he was good. That's pretty much how you gotta that bring Cornelius out. Ingram back. There, yeah. He's I'm telling you, it's his year. Uh who is that who is that receiver from Boston College? The the huge like six eight guy. Oh that, god. Oh, um uh Moma? Moma. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Moma. Who is, is he still with the Cardinals? Is he transitioned tenant? Uh, let me look that up as we're talking. Yeah. With with that being said, well uh, BLG looked that up. This is from Matt Walsh. Who gets fired first here, Jack? Dougie P or Howie Roseman? Oh, Doug. Yeah, no. Yeah, Doug. now, now, I, at one point, I said I think Howie is. I think it was both at the same time, and now it's definitely Doug. Like if, if Doug, if Doug messes this up severely and there's no major injuries, it's not. That's not. That's not Howie, really. I mean, no. Technically, yeah, because 
Because Joe's there now. So there's like, again, yeah. there's that thing. Yeah, there is. There's <laughs> that thing. Even though he says, I'm the guy, I think he'll be, uh, yeah. He'll Doug, think Doug, I think, I just think he's on way thinner ice than people are, are thinking. Yeah, I, see, I don't think so. I just, you know, I just don't, I just don't see it. And that's just where I am with Doug. I need, I need to see it more this year. Yeah, I think there, I mean, there's definitely, there's, there's a ton of growing pains last year. There's a, definitely a lot of war and criticism. I think it's gone, I, I, just like everything else. I think it just, it toppled over. Those last couple of weeks of the season, yeah. everybody just kind of piled on there. It's just like, yo, there was, there was some really good play calling going on. The one thing I, I will say about Doug that I really liked last year is they, they didn't quit. You know, I thought after Cincinnati, I thought they could have easily gone into the tank. But how they came back and responded from that gave me a lot of encouragement heading into this year. It's just the little things, the challenges, the the game. In, I, I still have nightmares about the game in Dallas. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Like some of those things, that's on – They're all fixable. That's on coach. And I, and I get that. And it's also fixable through – the general manager who seemingly, hopefully, uh, improved this uh, football team here. Yeah, any, any word on Moma there, BLG? He is on the Cardinals as a tight end. Yeah, he still is. Okay, good. Good for Moma. I love uh, love that he's still around. This is from uh, Grant Crandall. Uh, BLG, what is your oddest random skill? Uh, oddest random skill. I, I'm one of those guys who can move my ears without touching them. That's hey. really weird. I don't know if that's my best skill. I like that. Um, I actually, I don't think I can do that. No, no. Yeah, yeah, I can't really do that. Uh, Jackie, you have a, you have an odd random skill. Uh, I can drive a golf ball three hundred yards. <laughs> that's not odd. That's just, just being a physical freak. Athlete. Show off. Wow, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you do the the Happy Gilmore wind up, or is no, that no. a smooth swing? No, I'm, I'm a golfer. I played in high school. All right. My oddest skill is I can fart with my throat. I'm gonna see if I can pull it. <laughs> it's that every off time right you now. talk, though. So, oh, oh, got him! Bum, 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 bum. See if I can get it. Yeah. I don't know if I was gonna be loud enough. Hold on, one second. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jack heard it. It's <laughs> I think faintly in the background. So I used to do fart throats all the time. Uh, Is that why you worked at a strip club? <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely not. That's it's like, what can you do? Wop. <laughs> oh, you're you're hired. Uh, in uh, in middle school, I would always finish tests uh, ahead of time. One, it was either because I knew the answers or I didn't give a shit. That was pretty much how it went. <laughs> so I, it was uh, when it got really quiet, then I would just go with my throat, and I would look at the you know the kid we didn't like in in the class and blame it on him. I'd be like, oh Frank, God, we're trying to take a test. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and then his tapes came out. Yeah, and, and there's like, reasons why. And look at what you did, <laughs> and John. Look at what I have done. <laughs> So that's uh, that's what's going on through there. Our good friend Neil Dutton, which quarterback from film or TV history, if any, would you not take of uh, ahead of all the options that the Jets and Bears have? So any fictitious quarterback from a movie or television show, uh, who would you take ahead of what they have on the Jets or Bears there, Jack Fritz? Come back to me. I got I to gotta <laughs> think about this for a second. PLG, you got one? Wasn't it? Isn't it almost anyone who I mean, yeah, won yeah. over them? Yeah, or who who would you not take ahead of all the options at the Jets? Who would you not take? Okay, ahead of. Oh. So he's saying, what's one fictitious quarterback that in uh, that you wouldn't take? Um, I can't. Name that's one hard, Neil. I don't know where you come up with these, man. But it's uh, that's a good question. It I is. A, no, it, yeah, he had the James Bond one last week. So, well, yeah. all right, let's stew on that for a little bit. We'll come back to yeah. that. All right, BLG, what is the ceiling for this team? This is coming from uh, Bear at Bear 12. And from what you see at OTAs, is Razul Douglas making the case for a starter? I think for, for the Douglas question, we've obviously answered that. I would say yes so far. But what is, what's the ceiling for this team for you? I think they can be, like, I think 10 and 6 is possible. I think this, you know, I say it time and time again. This team, they, they were better than 7 and 9 last year in terms of you look at the point differential. Like what's ninth best or seventh seventh best, I believe, and then turnover differential ninth best. Um, so those are some good metrics, and historically, those teams always improve after that kind of season. I think they were they were in these games, especially you know you look at that poor division record. What they went like two and four, and, and mm -hmm. one of those wins was against Dallas at the end of the season, a meaningless game. But they were pretty much right in all of those NFC East games. They should have won the first Dallas game. They deserved to win that game. They didn't, of course. But um, I think the only the first Washington game is a game like they were they weren't really as close. I felt like as the the score was closer than the game actually was. But um, so I feel like they're right there. I feel like they can compete. Uh, they I think they upgraded pretty much almost every position on the roster. You can you can debate about cornerback. I think running back also might be a debate. I think they did improve because I think Blunt's better than Matthews. But overall, 
Uh, it all comes back to Carson Wentz. If he doesn't take that step forward, if he continues to struggle kind of like he did down the stretch last year or more so in the second half of the season as a whole, uh, it doesn't matter how much they improved on paper or anything because that'll just negate everything. So it really comes down to Wentz. I feel like because of the weapons they got, there's a chance he could improve. But at this point, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna assume it's a sure thing. I just think they, they do have a chance to compete, and I think anyone who thinks they don't and that this is still quote unquote a year away from competing, I just think that's off base. Yeah, and like BLG said, I think it all comes down to Carson Wentz. If if he takes that leap forward, the ceiling is eleven, twelve wins. If he develops into a top eight quarterback in, in one offseason with the with the improved weapons. Um and you know, I, I I'll 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 say about I, I'm pretty confident in nine wins. Nine, nine, ten wins right now, uh, but that's because it's the second week of OTAs. But every let's say everything goes right. I think everything that's goes by ceiling, right? Oh, so then, then it's twelve wins if if Wentz if you, if wow. Wentz takes the leap, the defensive line, which is the most which is more important than cornerbacks to Jim Schwartz, as we all know. If if, if Barnett, Chris Long, uh, they 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 replace Connor Barwin in a way better role. Um, they get to the quarterback more frequently. Fletcher Cox as a as a monster year. Jimmy Jernigan. I mean, that line is so enticing to talk about. We can it talk is. about it for hours. Um, if if those guys all pop. And Carson Wentz pops. It's hard not to see them as a 12-win team, and it could be like Dallas last year. Yeah, that was in my head too. Eleven, eleven wins if everything goes right. Like I think that's where it's at. But I'm and I'm right with you guys as far as like, all right, realistically, probably I think nine. Nine is probably it for this year. Yeah, yeah. you know, because I because nothing things are going to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's things, just how it's, it's how football. It's like Ryan Matthews is going to fumble in Detroit. Yeah, and then that you know it's all going to spiral down from there. That's right, uh, Neil. I have an answer to your question, at least at least for me. I am not fucking you. I will take I will take uh, what's his face uh, Hackenberg over Matt Saracen from Friday Night Lights. Matt Saracen was a terrible quarterback. Terrible quarterback. I'm not touching Paul Crew. I think, I think the team <laughs> cancer too much too, from from the longest wait. Adam Sandler, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he yeah. looks like a team the cancer. Yard. Yeah, he, he probably won't be around for very long. He'll be in jail. Team cancer doesn't bring a team together. Not a real leader. Um, <laughs> just just doesn't have the team the intangibles I look for in my quarterback. So sells um, people out. Yeah, all the time. Unbelievable. BLG got a fictional quarterback yet? It's not a football movie, but. Good old Uncle Rico from the Pulling Dynamite. <laughs> hey, know. that counts. He's working out. Yeah, I, I can't take him. Man. He's looking he's, good he's in OTAs, though. So. He, he wouldn't make it to the game day in time. He's going to be staring at himself in the mirror in the locker room. Him and, him, and DG, him and DGB are getting a trailer together. It's going to be great. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> uh, a couple of quick ones before we get out of here. BLG, what hope has Aussie punter Cam Johnston uh, got uh, to make this team? I don't think much. I think, you know, Donnie Jones, they gave Donnie Jones an extension in the middle of the season last season. So uh, it's not like you can't cut him because of the money, but I just think that, you know, Donnie's still the guy. And and maybe Johnson, you know, they keep around as a guy. They bring him back, you know, if they need a punter and and he's still around, available in free agency down the road. Because Donnie Jones is turning, I think, like 37 this offseason. So I don't know how many years the the uh he has left but i think it's donnie for now uh jack for, well yeah i would only say that uh, he's got a really nice leg that's the only thing i noticed because again he was the only well, guy you kicking. are a leg guy John. i'm a big leg guy i'm a legs and ass guy so that's what i saw from cam johnson uh <laughs> going through there uh it's from hunter mcquade at free crack 96 <laughs> whoa <laughs> hey now fantastic uh, name. after this year the eagles get better or worse after losing players in free agency after losing players in free yeah. agency uh well i think they're gonna resign most of them i think they're gonna... a majority of them um, the, the I, good ones they sign and the yeah, bad ones they exactly. let go so hopefully oh, right? hey. and jordan matthews is probably gone after this about, year i would about think that? so uh i i I'll, I'll phrase it in a in a different way where i think hunter was going there let's say that let's say that they lose alshon jeffrey to free agency How's, how how much does oh, that affect? I think team? I think it's a huge. I think it's a huge. Yeah, loss. I mean that's kind of. A I dumb mean Alshon is too, like, I guess by me. Alshon's a a top ten receiver when healthy. And if I, if Timmy Jernigan does not is okay and they lose him, how does that? Affect uh, it depends on the draft because you know I mean it's yeah. not like Bo Allen. <laughs> yeah, Hunter, we could go on forever with this question. <laughs> no, because I mean, if, if you if you if you address in the first round is completely different than like you know in the fourth round and you don't know what you're going to get then Timmy Jernigan. I, you know it's it's tough, but if you, if I think they're they're setting themselves up. Well, yes, and as as do I, as uh, BLG's explained many times about it's free agent theories and uh, compensatory picks and, and all of that. He also has a follow up. Why does John hate Linton Collins so much? Is it his skill set? <laughs> I 
Yes, basically. And he went to Alabama, and he's a DB and all that shit. Fucking hate the SEC. I Listen, really do. They I'll, just blow I'll, themselves constantly about, oh, we're so good and blah, blah, blah. And guess what? Landon Collins isn't actually not actually playing safety. So there. That's why. Two, Fuck that guy. Two hills I'll die on proudly. He sucks. Eric Rowe sucks. <laughs> See, yeah, oh, but he's in good company, right? He's in good company with everybody in between. So now, BLG, you have somebody to fight the good war with. Um, I never said Eric Rowe sucks. That's not my argument. We can't still, get into he's this. Just not, still. He's not as, like, people, when we lost him last year, everyone, and he started playing, like, marginally better, and was like, oh, my God, we lost Eric Rowe. It's like, he's still not yes. good. He's like, listen, everybody complained about Brandon Boykin. I get to complain about Eric Rowe for another half a season. All right. And then we'll settle it down. And we'll, and we'll, we'll watch And we'll get that fourth round pick from the Patriots and see who they draft. Da, 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 da. Uh, also, just real quick, a big shout out to our good friend Angel Martinez, who's been with us since like day one, who told us a story tonight that he was. Because uh, awesome. he does he does part time uh, Ubering and lifting as, as one does. I might even get into that too. I've been noticing uh, a lot of the, a lot of the Lyft drivers that pick me up to, go, to take me here. Are like, yeah, it's been a really good night every night. So it's like, well, what am I doing on on nights? I guess I should start with uh, getting a car first. But regardless of any of that, uh, Angel was listening to BGN Radio in the car, and one of the passengers that got in was like, "Oh my God, you listen to BGN Radio too?" And they're like, "Yeah," and they did high five. Didn't Angel like gave him a free ride? So thank you, random listener uh, who's out there, and uh, we're glad that we are bringing. Uh, folks together. BLG, final thoughts here, pal. That's awesome from Angel. Angel's one of the our best listeners. He's he's a great guy. I got to give big props to Angel. That's awesome, man. I was I was so so just honored to see that. You know, Angel Angel's way too good to us. We have a yeah. we have a lot of good cool supporters. And honestly, I, sometimes I don't know why you guys do it because I just feel like you know we're just we're just you know who are we? You know, we're just we're just some guys talking about the Eagles. But I am I'm extremely. Uh, appreciative of the support always. I know we say that a lot, but I don't. I never want to take it for granted. I never want to be in a spot where I'm like, oh yeah, you know, these people listen to us, whatever. No, man, it's it's awesome, and uh, I appreciate all of you following along, not only with the podcast here, but you know, the blog and everything with the OTA coverage. John's been doing a great job with the videos. Make sure you guys check those out on the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Bleeding Green Nation, and then facebook.com backslash BGN Radio Podcast. A lot of good content there. So uh, we just got some more OTAs to get through here. I think we have one on Monday next week, and then on Tuesday, or Friday, rather, the 5th and the 9th. And then minicamp is 13th, 14th, 15th, and then there's nothing but the dead zone until <laughs> training camp. Yeah, the dead zone's where we get really creative and uh... – yeah, we still got to create like whatever episode that was. Was that 105 or six or something like that? Where the we angry just, one? Yeah, we were just yelled. We just yelled at things that we hated about the NFL in general for about ten straight minutes with some metal music behind it. It was very therapeutic. So maybe we'll do uh, some of that stuff too. Just as a reminder, uh, also speaking of that, make sure to go listen to Mr. Vince Quinn and upon further reviews this week, he takes on them Dirty Birds from 1998. It was such a crazy flash in the pan of that Atlanta Falcons team as they kind of went up against that Minnesota Vikings juggernaut, and we all remember Gary Anderson shanking one from from wide left, but it was it's kind of nice to kind of go through that again, although I am disappointed because he didn't mention my boy, Timmy Dwight, once, who ran the opening kickoff in that Super Bowl. God damn it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I saw him play in high school, too, and we all thought he was great, and he got the NFL and it was terrible. Jack Fritz, final thoughts here, pal. It is week two of OTAs, but I'm ready, ready to say – I don't remember an Eagles offense being as complete on paper as this one because you have wow you have you have the quarterback Oof. you have the quarterback you have uh, depth along the offensive line that well, the starters are good enough you have depth along the line if they do go down um, you have Alshon your legit possession receiver you have your deep threats in Torrey Smith Matt Collins uh, Sheldon Gibson if he's, if he's active you have your possession guys in Jordan Matthews Zach Ertz uh, and, and Nelson Aguilar and then you have the running backs the the trio of Blunt is the power back. Uh, Sprawls out of the backfield. Pump for everything else. Small with everything else. It just seems like, on paper, I don't remember an offense that is this complete and has answers for everything. When you zig, you can zag. A lot of complimentary pieces. Right. With, with amongst the roster. Yeah, it's, it is really nice to see. And that's why it's... OTAs are just like the little tease. You know, it's it's the... A moose big football. It's the uh, yeah, it's big football. You you get. I, it's nice to see a lot, of, especially the rookies up close and personal, to really just kind of like, okay, now I understand why they chose this guy for this specific thing or that specific thing or whatever, and you kind of get get a, get an idea of how the rotation is going to go everywhere else. This has done nothing but pique my curiosity. 
for when the pads come on. That's like I, I wish we could kind of hit the the fast forward button here and be like, all right, I you know I want to see I want to see some ham chucking. I want to see. I really want to see Derek, Derek Barnett and Pads like that, and everybody should want to see that immediately because I can't wait. I can't wait for everybody to start kind of having those freak out tweets of like, "Oh my, oh my God, do you just see what he did to Big V or Lane Johnson or or something like that?" And and finally, the the hype of that defensive line can actually come true for once because there is a lot of talent on paper uh, just uh, based on OTAs alone. So that's going to do it for episode number 239 of BGN Radio. Uh, once again, be sure to uh, go find us on now newly on the Instagram.com, BGN underscore radio. Check out our store for all our new swag, T-shirts, uh, stickers, and things like that at BGNRadio.com and click on the store. Thank you for listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. Listen to BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP this Saturday, 1 through p.m. BGN Radio on Sports W. I know. Do it again. Just all in there, really quick. I try to do it like uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, you know those quick ads they do like on the radio. <laughs> we make fun of. The, the, no the, the necessary. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Do it again.